Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm not wearing green, but you can't pinch me anyway, not only because this is radio, but we are practicing social distancing, so keep those little pincers to yourself today. Um, All right, so at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, 9.30 Central, the White House Coronavirus Task Force is going to hold a briefing, um, and the president of the United States will speak today with with restaurant executives, uh, tourism executives, supply retailers, wholesalers. I know that you're afraid. I get it. I know that um, the uncertainty surrounding all of this is, um, it's fear producing. And I, I recognize that. Um, but let me just be the person who is first to tell you today, remind you today, um, encourage you today that we need not fear, okay? We need not fear. There there are some precautions we should take. There are some reasonable things that we should do to protect ourselves and others. Um, you are not going to run out of essential items. They will be available even if right now your particular grocery store doesn't have some particular thing. Um so we are going to be sober, but we're not going to panic. Um, I recognize that the shelter-in-place order issued in, um, I don't know, it's, it's a bunch of counties around San Francisco <clears throat> and the almost total shutdowns of the states of New Jersey and Connecticut um, and the state of New York saying that it may it may well follow suit today. Um, the closure of literally all non-essential businesses. So what that means is, and I mean, I recognize that that sounds like, hey, that's probably headed my direction. Um, That's probably headed, you know, to the community where I live. Um, And I think we should prepare for that eventuality. I think we should also be people who um, recognize that there is opportunity everywhere right now in terms of gospel ministry. There is opportunity everywhere right now to compassionately, effectively love your neighbor, um, to put the concerns of others ahead of yourself. Um, for some, that for some, putting the concerns of others ahead of self means I, I, I do what the president and others are now telling me to do, which is not be in any space at any point in time um, within six feet of another person. Um, I mean, if I can at all uh, maintain that kind of social distance. And I am only going to leave my house for absolutely essential business. Absolutely essential business. I mean, that's the, that is what we as Americans are being asked to do. And let, let me just 
you know, so as not to put too fine a point on it, but maybe sometimes people need a very fine point. Um, that which we are asked to do is, you know, right, that's granted to us as a freedom. I would prefer to comply when I am asked to do something that um, is viewed as reasonable to save lives and to uh, flatten the curve of the coronavirus in my country than to wait and and be ordered to do so. Like, right, I am much more about, hey, let me exercise my personal freedom here, restrict my own movements, restrict my own activities before I am ordered to do so. Because I think you've probably listened to me long enough to know I don't, I chafe against that. I chafe again. I chafe when somebody orders me to do something. Although I would comply, obviously, if told to do so. All right. So President Trump at a late afternoon press conference yesterday, in case you missed it, urged the public to avoid all discretionary travel. Um, that includes going to restaurants or bars, which Obviously, my listeners are not going to bars anyway, right? Okay. Um, do not go to your local school in person. Do not go to gatherings of groups of more than 10. 10. Now, I have some friends named the Benders, and they have 12 kids. So I feel like if you have 12 kids, you're allowed to gather in a group of more than 10 because, you know, they're all your people. Okay. Um, also uh, said the timeline is much longer than many people have expected. The president actually referred to July or August as the time when we might expect to actually be through this in any meaningful way. And so I think that is critically, critically important. Um, the the modeling that scientists are providing is predicting that U.S. hospitals will likely exceed their capacity within weeks. That is not a certainty. Social distancing today makes a difference. Social distancing today makes a difference in terms of whether or not the hospital in your community is going to exceed its capacity, its ability to serve not only people who are infected with the coronavirus, but everybody who has everything else that just ordinarily happens um, because we live and breathe and need hospitals from time to time. So we want to encourage one another in social distancing. Um, I'm going to do that today, and I am going to continue to do that in the days to come. All right, first up this morning, I've got Nick Pitts. He and I are going to talk about some of the latest stats. We're also going to talk about... Um, what people are doing in response to the coronavirus. And we have some really great ideas to share in case you haven't, uh, in case you just need a good idea today. All right, so that's up next, Pure Mornings with Carmen. Suddenly, Nick Pitt's walk-up song makes me um, smile from ear to ear. Good morning, sir. Hey, how are you, Carmen? Good to be with you. It's good to be with you, too. Um, Today might be a tough day in the neighborhood, but the sun is still shining. The sun is still shining. Everyone still has the chance to go listen to Travis Tritt. And we're talking on the phone, which just has great power, according to social science research. And in a time in which we're social distancing, do not, I think it would be prudent for us to put aside some screen time limits in order to pick up the phone and talk to our neighbors and friends. Okay, so I love that. I, um, we actually made a little phone tree. We we just drew a little. We had a little chalkboard in our um, kitchen, mm-hmm. so we drew like little drew a little. I mean, I'm not a good drawer, but or artist, but we drew a little tree on it, and um, everybody in the family got to put some names on the tree. 
And so we're going to use that as our phone tree, and we're going to be sure that um, that we sort of check in with the people on our phone tree every day. I love it. I love it. You so know, it's not uh, the kind of like old-fashioned tree where like I call you and then you then in turn call the next person on the tree because I didn't, you know, it's just a tree tree. <laughs> yeah. It, you, you know, Carmen, there's just, there's a lot of opportunity right now with just so many millions of Americans that are making that are working from home now. As you said, we're all being encouraged to social distance right now, especially over the next 15 days. We really have the power and the capacity right now to flatten the curve uh, with some of our uh, actions that we do. And it's just so paradoxical that sometimes for the Christian to, to love your neighbor and to congregate in the midst of tragedy, but right now we're being asked to isolate but we, because of the power of technology, we have the ability to be able to be with one another through the phone or through FaceTime and whatnot, a better way to do that uh, during this time to be able to love your neighbor by distancing yourself from them and talking with them over the phone. And and it's amazing um, how deep a conversation can get very, very quickly mm-hmm. um, over the phone. Uh, oh, uh, Carmen, the research is so clear. I, I, again, one of the one of the I guess soapboxes that I've been on over the past probably year is this the power of loneliness and how we're experiencing a loneliness epidemic here in the U.S. right now. So you've got one Cigna study that indicated that up to three out of every five Americans feels lonely. And if, if you feel lonely, a Harvard medical study indicated that that's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And many Americans now, not not only are they feeling lonely, but now they're experiencing loneliness because the one place where you got to be around people has been taken from you because of this virus, namely the workplace. And so working from home, being home is going to exasperate some of these difficulties and health concerns that many Americans and doctors are having right now. But what we know from the research is that the power of a phone call cannot be understated right now to reach out to those individuals that you've only been uh, been seeing through Facebook and social media. But to have an exchange back and forth with them really has the propensity to be able to, one, enrich life, two, lower stress and really reduce anxiety as well, which are key parts right now because it, with getting updates from the coronavirus and COVID-19, it's almost like wanting to, to continue to consume and consume and consume. And as we've already seen so far and you alluded to, it really does typically tend to produce a great amount of fear. And that's something that we need to uh, be weary of as well as be cautious of when we're seeking after updates. I love the way that people um, are inspiring one another in the midst of this. Tell people what uh, what happened on, well, actually, it's now happened uh, multiple nights in a row. What is happening on a balcony in Florence, Italy? Unreal. Uh, this is so uh, great. I, I actually tried it last night, and it didn't have nearly the same results <laughs> as this opera singer did. So there is an opera uh, opera tenor. I, I can't pronounce his name largely because I, uh, I'm from Tennessee, and my ability to pronounce any name is uh, detrimental, uh, to say the least. But nevertheless, there was an Italian opera singer. He's a tenor. Uh, instead of going to the opera, because the opera obviously is shut down, he decides to bless his neighborhood by going out onto the balcony and singing uh, a particular piece from one of his operas. That's in Dorma. On his balcony. And just, I mean, it is just absolutely beautiful what happens. That His voice is just 
is just phenomenal and beautiful. And you can just see people coming out on their balcony, really enjoying uh, just an unexpected respite uh, from just the isolation that was happening. I tried it myself by singing country songs last night out of my backyard. There's probably, I, I saw some sideways glances from individuals. No one was coming out and clapping, but nevertheless, there's just unique and creative ways that individuals, one, are trying to love on people around them, but two, keeping their distance from them as well. That's just one of the beautiful creative ways that we can continue to make this way, make our way through this COVID-19 outbreak. All right, Nick Pitts and I are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Nick Pitts. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. You can follow him on Twitter at jnickpitts. Um, Nick, the president has issued... New guidelines, it seems like every single day we have um, new restrictions recommended by the CDC. We're down to, um, you know, this consideration that we not be anywhere where there are more than 10 people. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we're we're talking about um, disruptions, not only in work and school. We're talking about disruptions um, related to church and anywhere else that, I mean, you know, 10 or more people, that's pretty much anywhere. Yeah, And so yeah. Um, I just think that we, we want to be encouraging to people today. Um, the reason that we want to be encouraging social distancing is because when we look at Italy, um, we, are, we are looking at, you know, you, you either say we're looking at our potential future where not only hospitals but morgues are now totally overwhelmed, um, you know, or we say, okay, we want to do everything that we can to not go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, one of the things I'm, we're keenly aware of is Americans' daily lives are being disrupted. My day, our daily lives are being disrupted. But with disruptions, you, you see two things. There's opportunities, but then also things that you realize, what do I really value? Mm. Uh, and this is a great reprioritization. Uh, uh, Americans have an ability to be able to, to take part in, to understand what are those things that I really value? Who are those relationships that I really value? How can I capitalize on those things too? And, and it's, it's caused me just personally, my own reflection of, I really need to start getting into a regular habit of interacting with uh, some of my neighbors that are in close proximity to me. Um, I, I need to better understand. I need to be closer with my family members. But then I also need to understand that disruptions and, and what am I, how am I spending my time, my downtime as well? You know, Carmen, I think we're living in a false dichotomy right now where we're being given kind of two particular options. There's some individuals that are saying that you need to keep up to date with all the information that's happening uh, relative to COVID-19. And I think some individuals have taken that to mean that they just need to read about it all day. But what Mm. what we've continued to see is individuals that are reading about it all day are working themselves up in a fearful fit. And that's not healthy at all. And it's causing some of these overreactions, i.e. what's happening with toilet paper and all (laughs) of those amenities. But then on the flip side, this isn't a call either to just completely neglect that and be like the individuals uh, that the viral tweet of individuals at that beach in Florida, I think, 
Hmm. where they just completely neglected all the advice and just spent time out on the beach and were not practicing social distancing. I think there's a sweet spot in the middle that we, we, one, need to be aware of the updates as they're happening, but also, two, recognize that we've been given a lot of time, free time now since we're not going out and doing particular things. And what not a better way to maybe read that book or maybe catch up on that long phone call and linger over a good conversation that you've been meaning to have with that old friend. This is, we can see this as a, 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 as a gift that we've been given. And there are a lot of neat ways that individuals, like we talked about with the opera singer, that are utilizing that to the benefit of their neighbors in close proximity that I don't think I, I would hate for us to miss out on and not capitalize on. Um, so, Yeah, so our, um, uh, our family has been making some lists. I mean, obviously, um, I have two teenagers who are not going to be home for hmm, – the foreseeable future. And um, and so in addition to the school work that they each have to do um, every day, um, we are then, you know, we've brainstormed like, well, what else do we want to do? And so, you know, there's some there's some garden planning going on at our house there. Um, there's the agreement that we're going to do some projects together. Um, cleaning out the attic is on one person's list. That doesn't happen to be on my list. So we'll see if that one gets done. But um <laughs> But, you know, like I want to learn how to make this particular thing that we all like to eat. Like, right. So that's a that that I mean, I don't want to learn because I'm the one who makes it all the time. But right. Like, so (laughs) is there is there something that you could teach your kids during this time because you have all of this time together? Um, Maybe there's a project that you've just been putting off. um, And this is now an opportunity since you're all at home to do that thing together. We're doing some you know, some online research about colleges. Um, we're doing, you know, we're we're doing some things that we wouldn't be doing probably if we weren't all at home together now for this extended period of time. And, you know, that's the beauty of, of one, just of one great parenting, but two, just this innovative American experiment uh, of just the ingenuity that comes, which is we are just frontiers people that we see challenges and we don't lament them, but rather we we capitalize on them. And I'm you see it all around the marketplace, right? There's so many gyms that are shutting down, but how so many, I, I continue to be inundated with emails about how these uh, entities are, are starting to think of new ways to be able to reach out to their customers and help them to be able to learn that. At Dallas Baptist University, I know that they're exploring ways right now of trying to figure out ways not only to serve their college students that that are enrolled in classes, but understanding upwards of 30 million uh, children and kids around the country are now uh, are, are at home. Well, how can you help parents during that time and provide some opportunities for them to learn? Because Dallas Baptist for the past 15 years has been set up in such a way that they can do online education really well. And so they're thinking of it's businesses like higher education of like fitness. I can, the list can go on and on about ways that we're reaching out above and beyond to be able to respond in these times. And it's really neat to see the creative ingenuity that defines and characterizes the frontiers people that are Americans. So I know some gals who are in a homeschool co-op who um, have already reached out to their neighbors whose kids um, go to public school. And obviously those moms, those families don't necessarily sort of know how to homeschool their kids. 
And so Mm -hmm. they are already um, reaching out to their neighbors. These gals who know how to homeschool, right, because it's what they've been doing, they are turning this into an opportunity to sort of share that wisdom um, and those practices with their neighbors um, who are now at home with their kids with the opportunity to homeschool. So it is an opportunity. You're exactly right. I love it. I love it. And, so cool. and, and it doesn't end there. There's just so many opportunities and we've got plenty of time to be able to think about it right now. So. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, brother, thank you so much. Um, you guys can find Nick Pitts online on Twitter at J Nick Pitts. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate so, it. So good to be with you. You have a good day. You too. We'll be right back. Okay, I confess that um, one of the things that I like to watch is uh, is like the Food Network. I like to watch people cooking things that, ooh, that might be an inspiration to me or a way of doing something I hadn't thought of before. I am not much of a baker. Like I, I have a few things that I know how to bake, but I'm not precise enough. Baking requires a lot of precision. So I genuinely like appreciate and fascinated by Um, Baking shows, the Kids Baking Championship, I think is just terrific. There's also one called the Great American Baking Show, um, and they had a holiday edition where the nation's top amateur bakers, they compete in a series of challenges. You're wondering why I'm talking about this. Well, this is Taste and See Tuesday, and up next, I have the winner of the uh, Great American Baking Show holiday edition, He happens um, to be studying for the priesthood. He happens to be um, a monk. All right. His name is Brother Andrew Corrienti. He's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I hear from a lot of concerned parents who feel their teenage girls dress too seductively. They wonder how to deal with the issue of modesty when young ladies are pressured to show off their physical attributes. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Teens today live in a world of sexual innuendo, where outward packaging and presentation is all important. And if your teen jumps on the bandwagon, it doesn't necessarily mean that her character is flawed. It just means she might be following a fad. My advice to parents is this. Don't flip out when your daughter is just trying to fit in. Rather, calmly and consistently address the more important issue of modesty. Then, make sure she understands that your family values won't be compromised, no matter how cool the fad. Want more parenting help from Mark Gregston? Find encouragement through articles, books, and more at parentingtodaysteens.org. Welcome back on this Taste and See Tuesday. I have some surprise and delight for us today. I've got Franciscan brother Andrew uh, Corriente. Many of you will recognize him um, as the winner of the fifth season of ABC's The Great American Baking Show Holiday Edition, where he was recognized as one of the nation's very best bakers. Uh, Brother Andrew, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, Carmen. All right, so um, you are uh, you're a seminarian. You're studying for the mm-hmm. priesthood. Is it weird to have fans? <laughs> it's very weird to have fans, and especially fans of my baked goods, because um, when I bake, it's just it's it's mostly for the guys in the house and for fun. So it's weird to have people like notice me in the street. So weird. 
<laughs> so we'll get to um, well. I'm going to have you tell some stories about the actual the actual show and preparing for it. But yeah, maybe maybe here let's um, let's actually start with. I have heard you described bake describe baking as as actually eucharistic in a way. Mm-hmm. Baking itself is is eucharistic. Talk about that. I think people will be mm-hmm. very interested to hear to hear your understanding of this. Yeah. So. Um... For, for the Eucharist, it's about self-sacrifice, right? God, Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. So for me, um, when I bake, it's sort of like me giving my whole self to the people I love, my brothers, my family, and my friends sort of thing. And it's putting my whole, like, my energy, my time, um, my all into everything and then offering it up to those I love. And when you... Um... When you began to think about applying for this particular opportunity on the Great American Baking Show, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what what was the what was sort of the inspiration or desire behind participating? <laughs> it's mostly because I'm a fan of the British version. <laughs> so I, I I watched the British version uh, for about maybe like five years or so, and I was a big fan of Paul Hollywood. Um, and I always dreamt of like being in the tent and like, you know, the prestige of being one of the top um, 10 amateur bakers in the country sort of thing. And it was just like, you know, one of those far-fetched dreams that you never think would happen sort of thing. And um, I think for myself, the decision-making process was about um, two years in the making. Uh, I would talk to my spiritual director about it and we would go through it to make sure my motivations uh, born in the correct space, if I was spiritually ready for this and spiritually equipped for this. So that's why um, that's been the process of it all. Because ultimately, I mean, it's a, it, it, it turned into a real opportunity for public witness. I mean, particularly the mm-hmm. choice that you made to um, continue mm-hmm. to wear your very distinctive brown robes um, while mm-hmm. you were baking, that it had to be hot um, and it had to be <laughs> somewhat cumbersome to, you know, to choose to continue, right, to to wear those robes. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very, very difficult at many times. Um, there's this great shot of me during the gingerbread challenge, just like wiping the sweat from my brow sort of thing. But, you, you know, the thing is, I, 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 I tell everybody this, that um, my baking and my spirituality are so intimate, intimately, like, connected. Um, I wanted that to be evident to everybody out there in the world sort of thing. You know, it's not like it's an isolated thing. My baking my baking is not just on one side of me and my spirituality is on the other side. They're connected. And I wanted that connection to be really explicit to the people. Yeah, I think that in terms of Christ being made known in the breaking of the bread to the guys mm. um, after the walk to Emmaus, like that, yeah, it seems preach. like a really like evident Amen. way in mm-hmm. which God speaks to us, but you know, God, God speaks to us through, uh, through food and other ways. I think that there are times, Andrew, that people (laughs) Mm -hmm. imagine that, or they, or they think that a relationship with God is all after this life. It's all pie in the sky. And you Mm -hmm. are definitely bearing witness to the reality that there's pie right now. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I'm actually going to make some after we're done talking. (laughs) 
Okay, so yeah. this is something that you do. <clears throat> this is something that you do every day. Talk with us about that. Talk with us mm-hmm. about what your role mm-hmm. and responsibility is. Um, in you know, you, you keep referring to the guys in the house. So tell us a yeah. little bit about yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, I'm studying to become a priest. I live in what's called a house of formation with other student friars in there. There's about thirty of us in total, um, and my days are basically spent praying. Um, servicing the poor, studying, and then house jobs. And somewhere in there, I fit baking in. (laughs) Um, And so basically, I bake for the guys, usually for for birthday parties and for um, uh, feast days that we celebrate also, like Christmas or Easter or something like that. Um, But then my schedule is so busy that I just go ahead and I bake like really early in the morning, like maybe around 4 a.m., and then um, I break it out throughout the day. So, for instance, if I'm making a guy uh, a birthday cake, I would bake the layers in the morning, let them cool while I'm in meditation, prayer, and mass, then come back and then frost and decorate it in between classes, and then make finishing touches right before I come in sort of thing. Yeah, so for you, this is an integrated – this is integrated into – your life and your ministry. Um, and I just, um, I'm thinking that this is just a very positive witness for people who are listening right now. And they have set aside doing things like baking at home. Um, and, and, and what I really think you're just inviting us to sort of weave this back into the reality of life. Preach. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I mean, as long as you break things into steps, you you could get a lot of things done. You don't have to do everything in one go. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can make your fasting at one point of the day, then um, um, cover it up tightly, and then come back to it later. Then you can make um, some cookies, and then come back to it later sort of thing. And so for me, it's sort of like um, things are just, like, intimate, like, connected as long as you know how to space it out throughout the day sort of thing. All right. I am talking with Brother Andrew Corriente. Um, He happens to be the reigning champion from the Great American Baking Show Holiday Edition. We're going to take a very brief break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask him about um, a particular moment during the Cheesecake Tower Challenge (laughs) um, where he lifts his hands in prayer. And I'm going to ask uh, Brother Andrew about that moment when we come back. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and it's Taste and See Tuesday. Your plans still prosper. You've not forgotten us. You're with us in the fight and the flood. Welcome back. My uh, my guest today is Brother Andrew Corriente. Uh, he is the reigning champion of ABC's Great American Baking, Baking Show Holiday Edition. Um, and Brother Andrew, when you were um, in the particular challenge, I think it was, I don't know, was it like the fourth episode? Um, yeah. And you were you yeah. were supposed to be creating a cheesecake tower with at least three mm-hmm. tiers, um, uh, two of one flavor, one of a different flavor. Um, mm-hmm. There's this entire process involved. You're struggling mm-hmm. to construct your tower. Take oh, yeah. people to that moment and then, um, you know, and then take them to what happens for us on screen because it's really a pretty powerful moment in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, the, the challenge was to construct um, a cheesecake tower within four and a half hours, which is absolutely ridiculous because <laughs> a normal cheesecake takes eight hours just to cool. Um so for myself is 
uh, I was I was very frazzled, lack of sleep, away from my loved ones. I think I was away from them for like at least two weeks by then, and I couldn't really talk about the show anymore. I was I was still testing my recipes to make sure they were correct. And so I get to the set and I start doing the cheesecakes. Everything looks like it's working, Carmen. Like everything looks like it's working. My dulce <laughs> leche was perfect. My 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 poached pears were tasting delicious. My cheesecakes were setting. And so I started the assembly process thinking like, okay, I got this in five minutes. And I didn't plan it well <laughs> enough. What happened was my brother created this um apparatus sort of thing where I could just put these peg hole these pegs in these holes in the cheesecake um, and I couldn't find the holes and that was completely my fault in terms of planning um, and so I just um, oh <laughs> I just did a wait like literally like blacked out and I just like um, I in my head I just kept calling out to God like okay like if this is it like I guess my work is done basically in the show because um, I didn't, re- I didn't think I was going to make it past that episode. So you stop at that point, and what the viewer sees is—I mean, mm. you're describing it as you kind of blacked out. But what we see yeah. is you lift your hands, you mm. appear to be in a moment of prayer, and mm-hmm. we we see you say the word surrender. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's what we see, and yeah, so. I- you know, I just I think it's an invitation. It's an opportunity, Andrew, to invite people to do what you did in that moment when we feel yeah. as if we are out of we're out of our own bounds. Right. We just yeah. surrender. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, Carmen, the thing is, like, um, I think when it comes to prayer, if you do it enough, it becomes second nature that even in the moments of intense stress and intense panic, that's what you do still sort of thing and so for me it was like it was my my prayer is my always my default so like I wouldn't joke because I keep making the sign of the cross while I'm baking (laughs) because it's like it's my default I do it like every single day multiple times throughout the day um and so for myself as as a Franciscan friar I'm conditioning myself to not just keep prayer in the chapel but to always be praying all right, so um, you had a uh, a totally predictable, ordinary path to the priesthood, right? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <This> never... <laughs> right? What? Okay, so you studied <laughs> filmmaking in college, yeah. and, and you were, you know, you had a desk job in the entertainment industry, and mm-hmm. now you are a, a Franciscan friar, and you are a third-year seminarian, um, mm-hmm. You're on your way to um, to serving as a priest. Um, to share with share with our listeners your this sense that you know you you could serve God in the film industry. You could serve God in the priesthood. You could serve God as a baker. I get the mm-hmm. sense that for you, um, there are opportunities to serve God in in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. It goes back to um, what Paul said is. Um, we're, we're one body with many parts, you know? So we all have our own distinct function or what we call vocation. And in whatever vocation we have, we believe like it's perfected when we're doing it for the attention of glorifying God, whether that's through art, film, the media, through your baked goods, through your crafty work in, 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 in wood making, um, through music, you know, it's, it's, Anything and any talent that we all have is 
an opportunity for us to perfect it through the glory of God. Okay, and then um, people are going to they're going to wonder why I didn't ask if I don't. So, I mean, is there going to be like a Brother Andrew YouTube channel that's going to be like? Because I feel like you could just have like you could totally have my taste and see Tuesday idea. Like you could have it. We'll let you have it. And every Tuesday, you could post something on YouTube that would be of encouragement to those of us out here who still think that Christianity is a little bit pie in the sky. And you could like, right, you could be yeah. like everyday pie guy for Christians. Yeah. <laughs> everyday pie guy. Oh, there's Carmen. Can I take that from you? <laughs> yes, totally. All of my stuff is free because it, it's not mine anyway. I love it. It belongs to the Lord, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, Carmen, right now, the, the priority is um, uh, my priesthood right now. So I, the schoolwork and ministry stuff has just been very much um, um, part of my, my to-do list, you know? And so I would just want to make sure to get those things in there. I keep telling God, like, everyone keeps coming up to me and saying a website, a cookbook, a YouTube channel sort of thing too. And I keep telling God, well, like God, like, you know, I'm open to it, but I mean, you have to put like the opportunity in front of me and I'll say yes. Uh, because right now it's so hard for me to memorize like all these theological principles <laughs> that you want me to do for this midterm, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, like I'm totally open for it, and I would love to do that kind of stuff because I could talk about food for days. Um, but right now, like I'm just, I'm just doing what I did before entering Bake Off, um, praying, serving the poor, and schoolwork. <laughs> well, we love it. It's just a, it's a delight to um, to meet you. Um, it, it it is a feast. Life is this incredible um, feast, and we have the opportunity every single day to make Christ known to others. You do so beautifully through the breaking of bread, the baking and breaking of bread. Um, so we just want to be of encouragement to you and, and it, as you complete your studies and as you follow God's leading in your life. It's just been, it's just a delight. So Andrew, thank you for your public witness on The Baking Show, and thank you for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much, Carmen. God bless you, okay? Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. We'll be right back. Okay, so I want to respond to a listener. Her name is Barb. She writes, um, and by the way, let me just remind you that um, you can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. Barb texted in. She says, um, hi, Carmen. I have to admit, I'm not handling all of this very well. I believe she's talking directly here about, you know, restrictions related to the coronavirus. She says, I'm angry as heck. Uh, so much of my life is being impacted, friends and family and church and charity events. Um, she then says that she's, you know, she's blessed because she works in tech and so she can already work from home. But I hate this so much and my anger is very surprising to me and now I hear about more restrictions. Um, so Barb, let me just speak directly to you today. Um, first of all, I think acknowledging that we're not handling something very well is the kind of attention we need to be giving to our to our soul in these days, we need to be acknowledging um, that 
this is a very real disruption in our lives, um, that it is not normal and that um, really nothing is going to return to the way it was before. Like, And so part of dealing with anger, part of responding to our own anger is sort of sitting with it long enough to see what is underneath it. So underneath the anger might be grief, right? It might be grief. These are very real losses, and many of these losses um, are, will not be recovered. And so there's real people are experiencing real loss. It's not just a loss of freedom. Um, there are a loss of experiences. There, um, you know, there's the loss of opportunity. There's the loss of financial flexibility. There's the loss of, I mean, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of losses that can never be regained can never be recovered. Um, and so maybe what is under your anger is grief. That's a different um, issue to deal with before the Lord than just straight up anger, right? Maybe what's beneath your anger is fear, right? And so that's a different emotion to deal with before the Lord than just straight up anger. I mean, maybe you're just straight up angry as well. So um, let me just encourage you to acknowledge that peace is like a river, right? Peace is like a river. Um, Let me encourage you to take every thought captive to Christ, like allow Jesus Christ to literally take every one of your thoughts captive. And then let me encourage you, you've described here that you, uh, you know, you work in tech. That means you actually know some things that would be of great benefit and blessing to others. There's lots of people who don't know how to use technology in the midst of all of this um, to their blessing and benefit. And so use what you know to serve others. I feel confident that Brother Andrew is probably baking today. It's not only his passion, it's his ministry. So why don't you use tech today to bless someone else? I find that in service, in being able to serve others, we um, we discovered that um, things are not maybe as bad as we thought they were because we can do something. So do something. Um, don't just do anything. Uh, and spend some time in God's Word and prayer. And we will certainly be praying with and for you, uh, Barb, today. All right, you got a whole nother hour. We got a whole nother hour together of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.